0: Welcome back, everyone, to Episode 2 of What the Fans Don't See Podcast. This is your host, Nick Simi. I wanted to take some time to start to thank everyone, friends, family, strangers that have reached out. It's very humbling to hear your feedback. Um, And again, any and all episodes down the road, whether it's critiques, suggestions, or things you want to know, things that I can improve on, please let me know so we can make this as Valuable as possible for you all moving forward Uh, in episode two I wanted to highlight the walk-on tryout itself and Maybe not so much my time leading up to the tryout, but the actual tryout Experience the day and maybe the few days after so let's get to it So with the walk-on tryout again, I, I kind of alluded to it in episode one I was sitting in my apartment with my roommate Tim we just had watched Clemson beat Ohio State in 2016 and we were sitting there and he's like man you should give this a try I've seen how you've been training the last couple weeks and months you didn't really have necessarily that closure with your past experiences at Ashland he's like why not give it a shot so I had sat on it for for a little bit uh, and then told my parents and told my girlfriend I was really trying to get their thoughts on the idea. Because I didn't really want to tell anyone else at the time. I, for me, how I operate is I don't really get motivated by posting it out to the public. I kind of feel that you can be criticized very easy. There's going to be a lot of critics and, and skepticism that comes with You posting like, hey, I'm going to be walking on to the Iowa State football team when it didn't even happen yet. So I was very aware and and kind of nervous to put myself out there. So that's why I only told my my parents and my girlfriend and the people that I trusted. So I I go and end up inquiring about the walk-on tryout. The walk-on tryout was going to be, I believe, January 9th or 10th. And there was going to be an informational meeting that we had to attend before in order to be eligible to actually go to the in-person tryout. So I remember driving up to the Woody Hayes. It was a rainy day, and I, you know, go to park, go in the meeting. You know, it's the first time being in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Um, I had been at Ohio State for three or four years before that, but it was my first time actually being there. I had no business being there otherwise, but. I was just kind of like looking around. I was, I, was that, I was that guy that was starstruck walking into that building. I'm sure they knew that I was a, a stranger and knew because I was looking around, looking up at the lights, the tall ceilings, you know, their big record board, how many times they beat the team up north, the amount of national championships. I tried to act normal as I could, but I'm sure I could just be spotted out pretty quick uh, that I needed to be directed somewhere. So they directed me to the team room. And I, you know, I go and I sit down, When we kind of get the debrief of how the walk-on tryout is gonna be ran. We had to fill out some information in regards to like our academics, um, the positions that we wanted to try out for. And really it just was kind of uh, more to make sure we were in right academic standing. Otherwise they weren't even going to let us walk on or, or at least try. After that meeting, I remember getting into the car and, and Clay Ratterman, you'll be hearing his name quite a bit. He was one of the very few that had walked on with me in 2017 in that winter. Jackson Hayes is another name that you hear me talk about too down the road. I remember sitting in the car with Clay, you know, the rain's coming down in our car and we're looking at each other like, this is it. We talked, you know, so many times before I met him at Jesse Owens North, J.O. North, which is the, you know... Self-proclaimed at least, the best gym on Ohio State's campus. We had trained so many times and and we didn't really know why. We put in those long hours. I'd be, you know, coming off of a day of classes. I'd be working at this local nutrition shop till about eight. I'd, you know, see him there about nine or ten. We'd be getting, you know, hour, two-hour workouts in late at night. We'd be looking at each other, kind of like tipper hats, working hard, respecting each other's craft. We're kind of touching on those, those times because we didn't really know why. And, and I think once we sat in that car after that meeting, we kind of knew. We kind of had an itch. We kind of had an understanding that this this was it. This was kind of it. Clay at the time was also training for American Ninja Warrior. He had that experience um, very, very close in proximity time-wise to the walk-on tryout. Uh, so he was kind of thinking maybe the American Ninja Warrior was, was the right thing. Didn't necessarily shake out exactly how he wanted it to, although he was successful in it. So we were kind of both building in this moment was what it was all commenting towards. As we kind of finished up, we kind of talked. We're like, man, this, this is this is it. We're, next time I see you, we're going to be actually at the Woody Hayes trying out for the Ohio State football team. We try not to get too excited about it or too much to be, uh, not trying to be too big of fanboys and fangirls on it. But, at, you know, again, we kind of, Parted our ways that night. I tried to get as much sleep as I could. Tried to do everything, you know, normal. Try to get my score done. You know, try to do my usual routine. Watching The Office on Netflix, trying to calm myself down. So I go through classes, and again, I was going through classes the entire day. I'm thinking about it the entire time. I'm, I'm walking through campus. I'm seeing guys with the, the the athlete backpacks that they are giving out, and I'm like, man, this that could be me. That could be me. Again, I try not to. Put myself in a position about thinking about all the things that I couldn't control. I was really just trying to focus on what I could control in that moment. That was my attitude. That was my effort. That was all the hard work and preparation that I put in before. And now I just kind of had to lay it all out there. So I go through that day. Again, try not to work myself up too much. I, we report to the Woody Hayes Center. It was in the evening after class. It was probably around like 5 or 6 o'clock. Uh, we sign in. We're kind of we're just in the field house, so once we get into the field house, there's probably about a hundred guys or so give or take. Uh, we had a little bit of time to do our own stretching routine, kind of do our own warm up. The whistle blew, and we all get into these calisthetic lines or or warm up lines. So my thought process was I wanted to lead from the front. I didn't necessarily want to be the guy going hundred percent in warm-ups and just absolutely killing myself um, I didn't want I guess I guess that was kind of the thing I, I wanted to be a leader silently and have the coaches notice that you know I knew what I was doing I didn't have to ask about where I was lining up I didn't have to be told to be ready I didn't have to be told to uh, maybe do an exercise differently after they just demonstrated it for us so again I kind of wanted to conduct myself as a professional from the very start. So as nervous as I was, I didn't necessarily want to stand in the front of the warm-up lines, but I was just something that I was like, you know what? I have to do it. I have to do it. If I don't want to sit back and be like, you know, if I didn't make the team, you know, and, and kind of reflect on decisions that I would have done anything different. So I as confidently as I could went to the front of the warm-up line, you know, toes behind the line the entire time, you know, stood tall, looked the coaches in the eye again just to show them that i was very serious about this opportunity that i respected their time that they were giving us and that i really wanted to give this a shot so we go through the warm up lines and then after that they broke everyone up by position that you had signed up to walk on for so for instance i put <laughs> i kind of put everything under the sun i was like man i, I don't really know what my position is about you know 62 235 at the time and i'm like you know i previously played fullback linebacker did a little bit of long snapping um you know maybe i'm just going to put all those so i put multiple positions down i don't know if that maybe have frustrated them or not but i put those positions down and, and so why i'm kind of saying that is they broke up the group by position so they said you know the skill players which is your wide receivers and defensive backs were in a group you had your big skill, your big skill being more uh, tight ends, fullbacks, linebackers, running backs, and then you had your offensive and defensive line, and you know, there was also quarterbacks there, and maybe specialists, specialists being kickers, snappers, um, and punters. So they broke us up by group. I was in the group with the big skill in the O-line, D-line, and we had started out at the 225 bench press. So... I will touch on each of the little drills that we did, but first, for us, or at least for me in my experience, I started with a 225 bench press. We go in, and I remember walking in and he, they kind of tell us like, "Hey, this is how it's going to be ran. This is how many more warm-up sets you're going to get, how much time, and then this is how we're going to do it. We're going to go one by one. So each of you in here, you know, everyone's going to be standing around you, hyping you up. You're going to get under the bar, do as many reps as you can. You know, a strength coach will be there to assist for racking purposes." I'm telling you, I will never, ever forget the atmosphere that I had in that first drill. Maybe, I mean, I guess maybe because it was my first and I was so amped up. I go through my warm up sets and I go, you know, they were kind of saying, you know, about how many you think you were going to get. The guys that were, you know, trying to get more reps were going to wait to the end to kind of give them more time to rest. So they go through. Again, I'm trying to stay in my zone. I, you know, I'm trying to give a little bit of energy to the guys, but I was trying to really try to save it for myself before I got, got underneath. And I try to wait you know, more towards the end. And I try to wait more towards the end because it, it kind of psyched myself up because I was trying to you know, check the numbers that everyone else was getting. You know, again, I, sorry, right now, I could probably tell myself talking a little bit faster, but when I relive this moment, it's so vivid to me. And I feel like I can, like, run through a brick wall when I retell it. So, again, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm, I'm talking a little bit fast. But I go to get underneath the bar It was as it was my turn. I think I was the, the last or second to last person to go in the group. And I remember Coach Quinn standing up there. He's counting me down, you know, three, two, one. As he unwraps the bar, I'm taking all the weight. I remember making direct eye contact for him before I started my first rep. And he goes, time to be a Buckeye. I, oh my God, it gives me chills kind of sitting here. That moment relives and, and, you know, it fuels me in so many different, different aspects of my training now, years later, as he told me, you know, time to be a Buckeye, I I don't know. Maybe I blacked out. I, I mean, I didn't because I safely completed my reps. But I, it took me to a place I never went before. In training, you know, at JO North, tried to get myself as psyched up as I could, called upon experiences um, that motivated me, my family. But what ultimately got me through was having that camaraderie and that that feeling that I had sports back again. This was something that I was missing. It. That was it. Those words that he told me, the people cheering me on, and I was able to complete 25 reps, which was way more than I'd ever had you know, completed before. So I racked the weight and I felt amazing. Like if that was the only drill that I did that entire tryout, I probably would have been pretty content. I, you know, I might not even even like, had to have even made the team at that point. But it just felt so good to be back in that environment. So I, I finished up with the 225 bench press and got, you know, guys are like, man, that's awesome. That was, you know, it was great. That was great. I got a little head nod from Coach Quinn. They really, you know, all the coaches tried to be pretty stoic in their approach. They didn't give you, a, you know, a good job or that a boy. So I don't really think they wanted to influence the decision or, or give you an idea that you made it. Maybe if you didn't. So after, you know, I felt, you know, felt good. Good start. The next one, you know, I was very fortunate. They were doing a lot of other drills before. So they were doing your 40 yard dash. They were doing your pro shuttle. They also did a star drill. They did bag drills and then they maybe sprinkled in a little individual. So I, I was just kind of thinking in my head. I'm like, you know, if we go to these other drills first, right, I'm, I'm going to be tired if, if like the 40 yard dash is the last drill. Fortunately enough for me, the next drill out, Coach Aaron Hodges, he was running the, the walk-on tryout in, in, in its totality. So he comes over and he's like, hey, where are you guys going? You know, and we kind of collectively said, hey, we're going to the 40-yard dash. So we kind of strategically planned that because, you know, the 40-yard dash, they're going for time. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, max effort, all-out sprint. So we didn't want to be so gassed at the end. That it was going to impact our 40-yard dash time. I had heard that the 40-yard dash was was very important. Um, you know, I'm sure they took other things into consideration, of course, but the 40-yard dash would, could be somewhere that you could really kind of show them, um, you know, an objective, solidified measure, you know, that you've got speed and you know that you have an experience, maybe playing. Uh, so we go to the 40-yard dash they, they had it set up. We were kind of off to the side. And so again, I kind of try to wait towards the end and my adrenaline was running at all time high. I was like, all right, I need to kind of collect myself a little bit. Cause you know, with lifting, you can kind of go to like this animalistic mindset or psyche, but with a lot of these other drills that are very technical, not that the bench isn't technical, but with, you know, more of the technique of running, I guess I should say, and the focus on, you know, your stance and your start and your arms and your legs. And, you know, you have got a lot of different things going on at one time. You, I kind of had to really take myself to a more peaceful mind um, and more of a fluid mindset instead of kind of like super tensed up trying to, you know, <laughs> bench something or press something off of me. So I go and I, I go and like I said, I had waited towards the end. Um, and I go through, we do one trial through and we come back around and we get a second trial. So they only told us, Hey, you're getting two trials at the 40 yard dash and really any of these other running, um, kind of events or stations, like you're not getting more. So if you end up, you know, choke or you don't get the time that you want, you can't ask them for a third. So if you let's say you kind of trip up on your first attempt, they kind of like, all right, that's your first attempt. And then you go for your second attempt and let's say you get a slower time than what you expected. Granted, they were not even really telling you the times anyway. So like I said, they're being stoic and they're not even really giving you anything to chew on or work with. So you really have no idea where you're standing through this entire process. But So, I mean, that, like I said, that's why I kind of had to work myself back down to be like, listen, I have to focus. I have to focus on what I can control. I can't be super hyped up about what I just did and and the personal record that I set on something else. I just kind of have to take each one of these stations at a time and I have to take each rep at a time. So again, getting my stance, I go, I run. I, I, like I said, I don't really know what my, my time was. I could tell that they were writing down and they just kind of start nodding their head and which made me feel a bit better. Again, they might be like shaking their head. Like, yeah, he's, we're cutting him next. I don't, I don't know what they were thinking that that after that first rep, but I come back and I'm, you know, maybe I had a a little misstep in my first kind of acceleration phase of the 40. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I I can, I can tweak this. I get a better time. After I go the second time, I can kind of feel the eyes on me. They were watching, you know, kind of looking at me, walk back. And then we kind of had to run over since I was one of the last ones. We ran over to the next drill. Um, and, the coach, Coach Hodges, he was, he was mainly with that 40. I kind of see him kind of walking over and he starts kind of watching the drills as we're going too. Again, it might not have been for me. I'm, I'm not trying to think like that. But, you know, I could just tell like, OK, you know, I put two good drills together. Um, we go do the bag drills next. Again, it, this was, wasn't necessarily for time, but it gave the coaches a better sense of the athletic ability of the athlete. Um, you know, I mean, you can imagine – Just because you bench press and you run in a straight line doesn't mean you can necessarily play football at a high level. I was very aware of that. So I'm like, all right, you know, I have to show that I can move. I can move my hips. I can move in space. I'm agile um, or at least, you know, try to show them that. So we go through the drills. Again, the coaches are running us through, flying us through rapid fire. Bang, bang, bang. Like you're not really getting much time to rest. Um, You really had to focus on what they were telling you to because, again, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not messing up any of the drills from a technical standpoint and from a setup standpoint. So if they're saying like, Hey, run through the cone and you have to run, you know, they'll say plus two plus two, meaning you have to run through the cone plus two yards. So, you know, some guys were trying to, you know, if they finish a drill, maybe even you messed up a drill and they were kind of like jogging through the cone. Well, they don't, they don't care if you messed up. They don't care if you destroyed the drill. They want you running through the cone plus two yards. And I mean, they will get in your grill about it. So I, you know, kind of, Watching and observing people's mistakes and taking them and be like, I can't make the same one because, again, I'm not going to give them a reason other than my performance for them for me not to make the team. That was my mindset the entire time. Again, so I was watching you know a few of the drills. Okay, I you know got to go do the drill. All right, I'm trying to focus, focus, turn back around, watch the next guys going up. How are they you know, demoing it? All right, finish the drill again. All right, plus two, plus two. All right, keep running, plus two. So I was kind of going through my mind each time. So it was like set up, perform the technique, and run plus two. <laughs> it was like the SpongeBob episode. Like all I have to think about is my you know, fine dining and breathing, and I'm like forgetting my name and everything else I got to worry about. But that's kind of how I had to be. I had to be super, super locked in and focused on, on the task at hand. So we go over to a star drill next again. I mean, if you can imagine like the points of the star and then there's also a cone in the middle. So, again, each point of the star is there's a cone and then in the middle there's a cone. And you were starting in the middle and you go out, you touch one of the the tips or points of the star per se. But, you know, you go touch the cone, come back to the middle. You kind of operate around again. It's more kind of your like change of direction side to side, being able to bend, touch the cone, explode out laterally. Just another thing to, you know, check out the box from their end in terms of a movement perspective um, and some sort of athletic carryover. After those drills, we didn't complete maybe all the other ones that the skill positions did, um, like, you know, maybe Jackson Hayes or Clay Ratterman had to do. But again, that, that was kind of my experience, kind of doing those three mainly. And then the coaches brought us in and they, you know, kind of just started calling our names And if they were calling our names, they were saying that they wanted to see us in position drills, which was a good thing. I didn't, you know, at first I didn't really know what to think when they were calling us all together and they're saying my name. And I'm like, you know, as soon as I heard my name, my heart kind of sank. And I'm like, man, like, you know, they're going to say, hey, sorry, but the people we called, we're going to ask you to leave. So (laughs) thankfully, thankfully, they ended up saying, you know, hey, the guys that we called the you know you're going to get directed to a station we're going to set up kind of a whole different slew of drills at each station you're going to run through it with an individual coach they're going to tell you what to do and kind of how to do it so you know i'm over there kind of with like the linebacker defensive line group and they kind of run these different bag drills you have to flip your hips you know you're trying to do a little bit of like this pass rush technique a lot of things that were pretty foreign to me uh, from a technique perspective, but again, I was just trying my best. If anything I was just going 100 miles an hour um, and just giving all the effort that, that I could. So I get through, I you know finish up, we come back in and coach Hodges ends up you know take we had like these little performance cards. Um, I guess I didn't mention this before, but what they were writing down is they had like, you know, your name, maybe your positions, and then they had all the the stations on this card and they were writing down like your performance on it. So they could track who was who, how they, you know, competed and you know, how fast their times were, how many times you benched whatever. So he started, you know, he had these collection of cards in his hand. And then from the t- total group that was left, he called our names again, or, you know, some of our names again. And so I, you know, I heard my name, you know, I always kind of step up. We hear a few others. He kind of pulls us aside, maybe like five, 10 yards away, more so, more uh, closely to the middle of the field. And he's, you know, tells us he's like, he's like, all right, so, you know, we're going to have you come back in, you're going to have to pass a physical, you're going to have to be in, you know, you know, to the Woody Hayes facility very early. Uh, Do you guys have any class conflicts that you have to work out with your academic advisors? Uh, You know, they're really just trying to make sure that, you know, you are clear from, you know, an academic perspective grade wise, but also that you didn't have classes during, you know, workouts and, you know, during eventual spring practice. And so, you know, we kind of lost, you know, a couple of us shook our heads. Maybe it was like six of us, seven of us at that time. So we kind of, you know, shook our heads and everyone didn't really say much. He's like, all right, you know, well, I have your contact information. I'm going to put you all in a group message. I'll give you guys more details to come. But be prepared to be at the Woody Hayes facility, 6 a.m. on Friday. And that was it. And I, I remember kind of walking back, and I kind of start, you know, unlacing my shoes. I'm sitting there. I see, you know, Clay, you know, Clay Ratterman pulled it aside, and he's actually running with a defensive back. GA or graduate assistant, he's going through more drills. So I I don't necessarily know, you know, if he had made the team yet. You know, I kind of saw him. I'm like, man, I, I pray that he gets the same opportunity or kind of continues down this path with me. I didn't necessarily see him directly after, but I walk out into the parking lot. I remember calling my mom and calling my dad and call my girlfriend. I even remember calling one of my really good high school coaches, Coach Lynn. Funny thing, Coach Lynn, years back, he was always saying, he's like, man, he's like, I could see you playing for the Buckeyes. I could see you, you know, going into the league. And, you know, you have those coaches that that say that to you. And at the time when you're, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, you kind of shake your head. And, you know, I I didn't necessarily believe it at the time. I tried to be as realistic realistic with like, you know, as I could for myself. But Coach Lynn was someone, man, he he saw that. I, I don't know how he saw that. Maybe he's got you know, I need to talk to him about buying lottery tickets or some sort of predicting the future. But he was always something that kind of pushed me to that level, and he was kind of always in my ear and in such a positive way. You know, whether I was going through the ups of earning a scholarship at Ashland um, or even you know transferring out of Ashland, not having football anymore, he still was like, "Hey, I, you know, I still believe in you. You know, I still think you got it. Still think you got more in you." So. You know this. This is a thank you. You know to Coach Link, because you know he was someone that had it, motivated me and inspired me throughout the process. And very few people in your life. You know, as time changes, friends can change, but you know he was always a mentor that that was stable and always there. And you know that's something I can never repay him for. So again, so I called those those people and very you know very few like kind of close knit circle that I had. And I'm like, hey, I, I don't really know what this means, but they told me to come back to the Woody Hayes facility at six o'clock. And I I think I think I made the team like they didn't like explicitly tell me, but they're like, yeah, you just have to pass this physical and like workouts are going to start like if you pass. So I, you know, two days later, I think it was like on a Wednesday, you know, maybe the, the meeting was on a Tuesday. Trials on a Wednesday. And then they told us on maybe on Friday to be in. So six o'clock, the end, you best believe. I set like five alarms, like two minutes after each other because I was not oversleeping that opportunity. So I wake up, I drive to the Woody Hayes, didn't necessarily know where to park. I just parked somewhere. I probably got a parking ticket. Notorious Nick in college. I know my parents can attest I would get parking tickets like crazy. So I I just parked there, didn't have a parking pass for that Woody Hayes area yet at least, and I go in and the, the physician sees, you know, kind of checks out. I was a little nervous, um, just kind of having some other injuries in the past, but you know, nothing that had like been affecting me long-term, uh, everything checked out with the physical go through. We all also had to, you know, get checked out. I want to say we had like an orthodontist or maybe it was like a kind of a dental check too. So, And we kind of checked a few other things as well and we got done and he kind of broke and he's like, all right, you know, you guys are cleared again. They didn't want to tell us like, Hey, you made the team. It was almost like there were levels to it. We kind of just had to keep passing these steps to move on. So it was kind of like, Oh, Hey, you have to come to this walk on trial meeting. And then you get to go to the walk on trial and then you go to the walk on trial. And if you perform well enough, then you have to, clear the physical. Once you clear the physical, then you start, you know, walk on workouts. So that's, you know, another misconception too. Once I first joined the team, quote joined the team, or at least was in the facility the same time as all the other players were there. I didn't work out with the whole group. It was myself and the other walk-ons that just had walked on in January. We were brought out into the field house in our first several weeks of being there and we were getting put through workouts by a strength and conditioning graduate assistant. We weren't even allowed to be in the weight room. Coach Mid would not have that, you know, because I mean, you had to earn your stripes, you had to earn your respect and you had to, you, you know, earn your right to be there. Because, um, you know, all these other guys, you know, four or five star recruits, you know, so many hours and film that has been watched over these athletes that have been recruited and brought in, and financially, you know, they're invested in them. You know, having giving, being giving, or having them earn scholarships. So, and rightfully so, I'm like, all right, you know, this is kind of how it's been the entire time. Just keep operating with the mindset that you have to earn each day, and each day that you earn. Tomorrow is going to be the exact same opportunity and you have to approach it the same. So it was kind of like this very intense focus each day. And then you'd have to reset, come back, focus, reset, because each day, you know, again, as cliche as as it was, it was was not guaranteed. Absolutely was not guaranteed. Like, you know, there was an individual that got busted for for drinking, dismissed from the team, like through that first couple of weeks. Like, I mean, it was pretty cut and we were walking on very thin ice um through the whole process because they didn't want to bring people in especially people that they didn't recruit and have them be a distraction to the team like that's i mean we're nobody to them in the grand scheme in terms of you know actually starting and making a on-field impact in the immediate future like they i mean they, they just don't need that so um again just trying to walk on the straight and arrow and so as we kind of as we kind of went through that process of earning each day, earning each day, earning each day, um, we even had, you know, the <laughs> so we even had like different lockers set up. We'd even wear different attire from the rest of the team. Like we'd wear these, like, I want to say gray shirts. Everyone else was wearing like red and black. Like, I mean, we again, it wasn't any form of hazing. It was just more so like, listen, like these are the guys, like they're trying to, you know, make their keep on the team, but they're not there yet. So it was very humbling um, th- throughout the whole whole entire experience, uh, through the time leading up um, to the actual walk on tryout, uh, to all the kind of feedback that I got once I first made the team. It was a you know unforgettable experience, not only in that in that present time, but also now and, and kind of being able to reflect and. And kind of call upon these, these memories. It's something that I I can proudly say, you know, can never be taken away. Again, I never share these stories in a sense of, you know, kind of puffing out my chest and saying, Hey, look what I did. The reason why I say these stories are, are to share kind of, you know, truly how I felt and how it made me feel coming from a dark place years ago from my athletic experience. And and understanding that there are many others out there that might think they don't have it in them. They they might think that, um, you know, maybe it was, you know, family, financial, academic injury status, that that's going to hold them back. And I, I I'm here to tell you right now that that's not, don't let that be the case because at the end of, you know, years down the road, like I never want myself and I never want you to look back and think like, Yeah, what if I would have done it different? Again, maybe you don't know what's in store for you. Like I I had no idea that the Ohio State football team was something that was going to be in my deck of cards at a a young age, but having that motivation uh, or keeping that motivation, even through the most difficult days and having that faith that it's going to be something or culminate to something in the end is so powerful. And again, once you do it one time, Clay and I and Jackson and I talk about this. Once you prove it to yourself, like we did back in January of 2017, you keep proving it to yourself again. You keep betting on yourself because you know, like you look back and you're like, this is what I did, and this is what I, you know, I didn't realize I was capable to do. It's going to impact all other aspects of your life, whether that's you know re- your relationships, um, whatever that's, that might be professional endeavors. Uh, again, it's had a, such a positive impact on on many other avenues than than just sports. So again, that's the immediate walk on, tryout. my experience. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If there's any other questions that you have, or maybe things that you thought I, I left out or would like to know more, please reach out to me. I'm an open book. And again, thank you all for tuning in for episode two, and we'll see you in episode three. Thank you.